It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning and Happy New Year. Happy 2022. This is Randy Fine. I am your show host. And today, we have Adam Hall back with us. He was on the show on November 30th uh, of 2021. And we had such a great conversation that we didn't want it to end. So Adam is back with us today. Uh, When his life fell apart, he really began to look for answers beyond the success, money, and prestige that his ego craved. The initial phase of his transformation began by exploring spiritual teachings under the tutelage of shamanic sage Alberto Violdo, Violdo and the conscious evolutionary leader, Barbara Marks Hubbard. And he became a student, student of A Course of Miracles and the ancient Mayan culture. Today, through his book, Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, coaching and speaking, Adam helps people speed up the unlearning curve to access their divine mind, which we all have, and the unlimited wisdom, guidance, and knowledge. So you're in for a real treat today. And um, after this show, you definitely want to go back to the November 30th show, because I think we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. But... um, we're going to get started. Good morning, Adam. Welcome back. Well, wonderful to be here with you, Randy, and Happy New Year to you and everyone. It's going to be an exciting and most interesting year. I, I would think we both would agree on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we do agree. I think we do agree. And, you know, you were telling me that um, you were looking into the Mayan culture and what it says about this time in our history. and um, can you briefly sort of uh, summarize what you took from that? I'd be I'd be I'd be happy happy to, and I think the past obviously can teach us so much, so much as to you know to tune into the learnings and the wisdom that many of our ancient cultures have brought forth. Let's keep in mind they built the pyramids and you know the, the wonders of the world in so many ways and, and and the kind of engineering feats. So their genius, so to speak, offers us a lot of of insights and their their knowledge. What I have found primarily of the um, kind of the cast of time things and energy that moves through time that creates change, like a wave in the ocean, it it creates the change in the stillness of the ocean. So we too are living in in these waves of time and energy in, in every respect. But, you know, really, I think what I think is most relevant for us here today, Rani, is, is to Find the way that each of us can live consciously and evolve consciously and graciously with ease, um, with the least amount of pain and challenge and crisis, 
to move into a greater transformation uh, uh, of our lives. And the, the Mayans saw this time uh, post-2012, which was the end of a 26,000-year cycle, as the emergence of when we come out of a darker period of time and emerge into a, 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 the, the light period of time. So, and they some call this the Aquarian age. Um, and so this is a, really an opportunity I see as a golden age for each of us to, 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 to ride into that transformation, uh, to do it on our ter- each of our terms and to do it as gently and easily as possible. But we are obviously very challenged in our lives and at this time, but this is a great time of great change. And that's what the Mayans have put forth. And here we are, sure enough. That's so exciting. I find that really, really uplifting. And um, it gives us something to look forward to um, amidst the chaos and confusion that we are currently experiencing. But more important than that, it really forces us to go within. And this is where I think we, the divine genius is very important because you say that we all share the divine genius and the connection of oneness, of who we all are. Um, so we can either choose the separate ego mind or we can come into or, or uh, focus on the collective mind of the divine genius. And when we do that, it removes us from this um, a lot of the chaos and confusion that we're experiencing. So um, can you speak to that, speak about that, Adam? Well, yes, and thank you for bringing that up because I, it, the, the movement of, from our outer ego experience like you're talking about is, you know, that's where the tension and, our, and stress in our lives and the pain and the suffering and the illness it occurs in our, our relation, our perception of that outer experience. So the invitation, I believe, at least what I found in terms of my own breakdown and breakthrough or dark night of the soul or whatever, and I've had a, 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 a more than a few, and I believe that's just part of the human journey is that we, we move through these experiences that invite us to come into our inner sanctum, so to speak, that place of our divinity, that place of our divine, our genius is what I refer to that as, and that connection point in, 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 with nature and our connection point in our, with our partners and our places of work and what we're doing. This is the inner experience and the journey through and not around as you're you're referencing, but really through the kind of chaos and and, and crisis crises that we now face, and uh, is is through that inner transformational place, through that inner world, and that just is a matter of showing up for it. At least that's what I found, and really receiving that that grace and that light. And it, 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 it is powerful. And it, it is not, nobody says it's a simple, easy thing. At least I do not say that. Uh, I believe our human journey is just that. It, 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 it invokes a lot of challenges. And I certainly have had many in my life as well. But 
that inner journey, that inner pathway through into that collective divine genius is what I found to be the most powerful path through our collective chaos and collective crises, not just planetary crises with um, with, with with climate, but a crisis of our consciousness. Literally, mm-hmm. I think we have that upheaval now going on. Yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So the divine genius is really basically the essence of who we are um, that lives before and after our physical body or our incarnation, right? So it's, it's, our, yeah. it's our soul, it's our essence. It's, um, this is something that we can never lose because it's always with us, whether we're here in the physical world or whether we take it with us into the spiritual world or the afterlife or anything like that. So how do we connect? What is the best way? What can we tell ourselves to remind ourselves that we are more than this physical body, that there's so much more to us. Well, that's exactly it is is really is really the self reflection and examination. And what I put forth in, in the divine genius is is what I call the genius process, which is it is is all about just looking at the perspective of mind and how we experience our life. In other words, this idea that we're an ego and it's just an idea, it's, it, it's a thought that we are separate from nature and from genius, from God, from Christ, from Buddha, uh, Krishna, whatever it may be for you, that the idea of separation is the one that keeps us in that place of entrenchment of what we are simply a body and that's that's that is an experience that i that what we speak to in the process the genius process is just really a, a being reflective of that and in in the book of the ice i offer a five-step process to begin the journey to just be in that rigor that that radical honesty uh, of seeing things for how they actually are, not for how we want them to be. Uh, What I have found over the years, it's so easy to be self-seducing, to be myopic in a belief system, that this is the way it is, this is the way my mother had it, my father had it, this is the way culture wants us to be, and we get tied into that identity and that keeps us in this place of separation versus the wholeness of who we are because we can never lose the divinity we, we cannot lose ourselves into a place of being obliterated other than choosing to continue to be separated that's that's just an idea because we just the natural state is who we are, what has been given, which is that divinity, that genius. So when we look at that rigor, Randy, what I found is that through that process, and this is a key tenet or key framework of A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles is a, a, a course in um, the 
content, not in the form. It's not a course in the outer world experience. It's a course in, in, in the, an inner world perception of the outer world, of that separate outer ego mind. And that's why I put forth a process called the genius process that allows us to gracefully to move through it just by looking at that idea of separate self for what it is, what it truly is and what it invokes in our life and what happens as a result of the pain and the separation and fleeting moments of happiness and endless narcissism and self-obsession. This is about really the invitation to come home. And that's what I believe we're here to do today more than ever. Mm, that sounds so wonderful. Just, mm. you know, there's so many, so much talk about letting the ego go. Do we need some sort of ego to function in this world, or can we function without it entirely? Well, I, I, I want to just step back for a moment to reflect on your important question. And... Um, First of all, it's a presumption um, that the ego exists. So I, I don't subscribe to this idea that there's an existence of a separate self. There's an idea, a thought, that we are separate. And for 42 of my 60 years, I lived in a place that was separate, that thought it was simply a body, that everybody was in their body, that we were separate from nature. And in that life, I was an earth conqueror. I was a narcissistic, hard-charging, you know, in the business world. I'm not telling anybody it's bad or right or wrong or anything. That's not the point. The point that we're speaking to is the idea of ego and the idea of separate mind is one that creates a a structure of how we live and experience our lives. And I needn't say no more than look at where that's gotten us. Look at the place that it's brought us to uh, in, in, in 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 our lives. And yes, there are many wonders of our world. <laughs> Not to say there's anything wrong with our technology and our innovation or not making money. These are not right, wrong things. These are fine. But it, but the, the 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 state of the human is is one that is deeply troubled and deeply challenged in illness, in disease, uh, in 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 environmental degradation, so we are being invited at this time in 2022 to today is the day to really embrace and move forward in, in our own lives to, to really embrace this, this trans idea of beyond, beyond the idea of separate ego self. And to your point, you know, many have advocated long that it's necessary to maintain a structure. It's it's necessary to build and create the things we create. Well, it's 
it, I would offer uh, another option and that, that says, no, it is not necessary because in the oneness, in our interconnectivity with nature, uh, spirit, each other, that collaborative experience, that co-creative experience is far more abundant. It's far more enjoyable. And I, I, I now live my life that way. That, that, to me, is a deeper place of trust and safety. And what more are we asking for now than trust and safety? To know we're, we're not just fine and okay, but that we are here to really manifest our dreams and our destiny. Yes, mm. to that. So well said. Thank you. Thank you. You really, that, that, that makes so much sense. Uh, yeah, I was listening to Dolores Cannon yesterday, and um, Dolores is an older woman who was so connected to pretty much everything that ever existed. And um, she was saying that when the world was, when Earth was seeded with humans, that we were not supposed, disease and negativity and all those things were not supposed to exist. We were supposed to be a perfect species. And then there was a meteorite that hit the earth and it brought with it Tyria. And that was how everything sort of changed here. But I think that we were created to not have all of these, um, you know, all this negativity in our life. And so this is a time where we are getting back to the true self that we are the one that we were before we came here and the one that we were, will be when we leave. It's all the same. Um, you said, you know, at the end of, I was listening to the show we did um, in November and at the end of the show, we were talking about inner peace. Mm-hmm. And you said that everything begins with inner peace. That it, it's a prerequisite of all Else. We cannot experience unconditional love with, without it. And then you said, the problem is that many of us fear peace. So I wanted to elaborate on that a little bit more, um, or have you elaborate on that a little bit more. Why would we fear peace? Yeah, it's a paradox, isn't it? I mean, it my is. goodness, we, we seemingly strive for a peaceful world, and you know we we just see it in our governments, our policies, our war machines, you know that are seemingly get more attention than feeding our our children and educating our people and providing health care. And not to get off in that, but it is a paradox because the idea that we fear peace is I shared that because in peace, in the place of our equanimity, in the place where we feel this stillness that speaks of the oneness of our connection with nature and spirit, 
is one that is a place of of love. Ego mind, the ego, I, this idea of separate self is not present there. When we think about it, it's not present in the place of our oneness, in our interconnectivity, in the place where we have a deep peace of and connection to love. So the perspective of the ego's relationship with things being peaceful is one that it know that it knows that it will not exist. Make sense? Yes. It, it will not exist in that place. So therefore, our perception from an ego lens, so to speak, says peace is the annihilation of this idea that I could be separate, that I could be in the place of my own separation from others and, and from spirit, uh, from the quantum field, from God whatever that may be for you. And that's why we fear peace. And that's also the answer to our big, this big problem of separation is to come back to that place within ourselves that is peace at, it, at the core of our being because in that place we begin again all things begin anew into, well, what many would say are rebirth, the dying of the old separation, the rebirthing into the presence of our genius, of our light, of our creativity. And this is the very core of A Course in Miracles. It's the core of the work and the teachings and things that I do and it's how I how I strive to live my life in that place. That is such a powerful and transformational concept. Um, you know, I felt myself going somewhere else. You know, I just sort of left my body as you were saying that because it's it's it makes perfect sense. It really does. <clears throat> and it explains why there is a lack of peace here on earth. Um so I'm really glad that I asked you that. Thank you for that answer. Um, and we also talked about um, true forgiveness. And mm-hmm. I really liked what you were saying about it because this really is so relevant to the issues of um, suffering and control and all the things that we do here as humans. Uh, true forgiveness is not about living in the past. And this is where it holds us. So I'm hoping you could maybe elaborate on that or speak to that about what true forgiveness is and how, um, how it empowers us. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm so grateful you have uh, 
this again, Randy, because if we do nothing else but practice true forgiveness, we will free ourselves from this very idea of thought that we are separate. And if peace is the beginning of all else, then forgiveness is the pathway to peace. You follow me? Yes. Forgiveness leads us to peace. And in, in when what I share, and I mentioned on our show in November, is that the, the true forgiveness is not the practice of forgiveness that we, we often think about, where somebody has done something, where we are the victim or we are the perpetrator. Or, I mean, my gosh, think about, are you showing up to rescue somebody? I want to help that person. No, that's not... That's not wrong. That's good. We do want to help each other. It's compassion and kindness. Then what I speak to is that as a rescuer, then it's really there's something about ourselves that it's about us. It's a, it's a form of a narcissistic, self-centered thing in terms of, oh, i got to go save somebody. i got to rescue them. They need help. There's a difference subtle difference between the idea of rescuing from our heart and compassion, I'm not speaking about that, but a self-fulfilling need. And I'm emphasizing rescue today versus victim, where you are the victim of something, or you're the perpetrator of something. And obviously, we want to go rescue someone because something has happened. And when something happens, we feel the need to go and help in a way that maybe is more self-serving than a way that is actually genuine and in our heart and in the deeper connection of our oneness. I mention this because the dynamic of victim-perpetrator-rescuer is a core dynamic of the ego thought system, a separate thought system. So in our genius process, I talk about we look at things like these dynamics that we're playing out in our lives with our partners at our places of work, with our children, our mother and father, our culture. We have these dynamics. And the, what I have found, and, and this is a key, key teaching of A Course in Miracles again, is that forgiveness is in many ways the highest form of love can share in our human capacity today. And when we forgive truly, we're forgiving not for what happened, Randy, but we're forgiving for what did not happen. And what did not happen is we forgot that we are connected one and we are connected mm-hmm. we're not separate from uh, uh, from uh, from others we're not separate now that doesn't mean an event didn't happen it doesn't mean it's the event was not okay it doesn't mean any of that but what it means is invite yourself to have a different perspective on what happened 
In other words, we can free ourselves by shifting our perspective through an act of true forgiveness, of seeing the, the oneness and forgetting, and excuse me, and forgiving ourselves first and foremost for, for being in that place where that act occurred in the first place. We forgive ourselves and we free ourselves. I mean, by God, why would we want to be beholden to an event in our life? or to a person in our life because our past is consistently guiding our future if we choose, but we can choose differently. And that's the whole idea of the divine genius, the unlearning curve, is to offer us a pathway of true forgiveness that brings us to a place of peace, of safety and trust, where we can choose again and we can choose for that genius within ourselves. We can choose for our God self, our Christ self, our Buddha self. We can choose for our authentic selves. Yeah, yes to that. <laughs> I'm all for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is, you said this in a way that I don't think I've ever really heard anyone say. And it, it really explains it. So, so when you say that we're forgiving for what we didn't know or what we didn't understand or, what we, um, or, or why we were there in the first place, um, so we're not forgiving the act. We're forgiving ourselves for um, – or are we forgiving the other person for what they did not know? Both okay. forgiving ourselves first and foremost. We cannot control what another person does or acts or behaves, but we can certainly <clears throat> do so for ourselves. So <clears throat> when we can only do, right? I mean, think about it. We can only <clears throat> do what we know truly uh, within ourselves. We can only unconditionally love so long as we unconditionally love ourselves. We can only give and, and share peace in the world that we want to see so long as we're peaceful within ourselves. So we can only truly forgive when we have truly, when we have forgiven ourselves and forgiven ourselves simply not because we did right or wrong, not because we judge they are guilty and we are innocent. That's forgiveness in the old way, forgiveness in the way that, uh, that we're speaking to here is a forgiveness for forgetting, for the air of forgetting, of not remembering that we are one. Mm each other yeah. simply that well it's it's so simple and yet not so easy to get to it's really a process of being able to get to that it sounds so easy and it makes so much sense it's, it's a very simplistic idea but yet so difficult for us to achieve 
but it is something definitely to strive for. Uh, you had some serious issues with being alienated from your daughters. Um, you went through a divorce and your ex-wife created a situation where your daughters did not want to be with you. And I know it was very painful. And I, in my work that I do, I have people come to me who are going through alienation of their children. And Mm. it truly is um, tormenting. It's tormenting. And that's the whole purpose of why an alienator would do it, because they want to torment you. So what do you tell, you had a way of doing this, of thinking about this through the teaching from A Course of Miracles uh, and shamanic studies that, um, that helped you to alleviate or relieve the torture that was going on in your mind, in your soul. So I wanted you to share that with us because I think that's so important for people to hear. And it's actually important for me to know because when, I, when someone asks me, how do I stop this pain? I will finally have an answer. Yes. Yes. Wow. I, and, and, and there's a, you know, there's a bigger context to it. And I will drop into specifically to my own personal experience, but the bigger concept, uh, uh, concept here is just alienation that, that, you know, we are in a world that feels very alienating. We're in a world where our media seemingly separates us out into, you know, you know, right or left. You know, you, you know, my truth, your truth. You know, this way or no. You know, this. We're in this world where it's just an alienated world, and there's no wonder why we are experiencing so much uh, pain and suffering from this idea of alienation. And um, to move specifically into, I think, what my experience has is, 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 is been teaching me, I, I, I and note that I didn't say teach me. I'm very much in the journey through this alienation because I'm I'm madly in love and crazy and devoted to my three daughters. They're, they, mm. they, they are my world. They're, yeah. Their light and beauty is teaching me so much. And the alienation has remained very alive in the story because that's the story that they're their mother has chosen to share. And, you know, the first thing that I would share with others is uh, I get the, the pain of it and the, and the loss um, that it feels. It's, it's, it's a grieving. It's a letting go of, of a story in a situation that what I found is an invitation to show up and have a new story and have a new place to meet 
with the ones I love, my children. And I believe that this is, in a bigger way, it's an invitation for us to, to come to a new story of who we are in our humanity, but also who we are individually. And, um, and let's, let's remember this, Randy, that there's the alienator and the alienated. In other words, it was not, she was not just alienating me from the children. In one way or another, I was participating in that journey and in that story. In other words, I'm not the victim. If I played the victim, I would still be truly in the story, right? I would be in this one place of connection where I, this is happening to me. Um, and that's where A Course in Miracles begin to invite me, and it's the key part of, of the divine genius in the journey through the alienation process because it applies very much to that, how, wherever it's occurring. And for me, it just happened to be occurring specifically with my children. And the invitation from A Course in Miracles is, you know, by God, how do I move through this experience of, 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 of being separate and being divided away, classic ego, murderous mindset. It divides. It conquers. It murders. And this is, this is the intensity of that mindset it, when it's certainly when it's not, when it's imbalanced or unhealthy or ill uh, in, in, in many ways. And so the invitation was, well, how can I move beyond this story? How can I offer a different perspective. And so that's when I begin to create a new meeting place, a new meeting place, to come to a place to cultivate a new story with my children. And that story was a place that was one of safety. It's a place of one that's of trust. It's a place of one of, of unconditional love. And I'm in this journey. And I'm in the thick of this journey um, with, with my children still because they are in their own personal journey, in their own soul's evolution. And um, so the imperative has been to honor their evolution and yet invite them as gently and gracefully as I can and honor them to come to a new place, a new story, a place where we can, can share uh, our, our lives together. So hopefully that made some sense about the journey that I've had through alienation, coming to a meeting place, a new connection that's beyond the story of alienation and beyond the story that I was a victim of the situation. It's that just with a same old thing going. 
So hopefully that's yeah. helpful for people. Yeah, it is. Um, do you, in this way, have to take responsibility for the part that you took? Um, or do you just create a new narrative about it, a new perspective about it? Is there a part of you that says that, that um, acknowledges the the things that you may have done to contribute to this? Well, ab- absolutely. Otherwise, that would be the classic, classic, classic spiritual bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it's so, the, the tendency, would I, at least early on, when I kind of lost my way on, on the path to go, coming back into the oneness of self and the, and the presence of that with others and no self, actually, ultimately. But uh, the, the, the key is, is owning my own ship. And to be in that practice, and, and to me, I, in, in the idea of that is a key tenet of how to live my life today is owning my stuff and, and really being willing to, to see it. And, and I'm, I'm very much a student. Of that, and otherwise, I guess we wouldn't be here if we weren't students. That's true. That's very true. We wouldn't be be (laughs) off somewhere else. So, one one hundred percent. I and that's you know one of the core pieces of my my work, Randy, and 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 what I I share in the is that you know to see things for how they are, not for how we want them to be, but but also to be radically honest um i i i was very good at fooling and lying about my life in other words yes. not being authentic yes. being an imposter of my soul's existence oh, and yes. my soul yearned yearned to just be just be, because it's all. It's that's that's what's that's what's peaceful. So mm-hmm. I I thank you for your question because it's also a great reminder to to live that. And you know, as I move into my day, to continue to own own my own stuff, so to speak. <laughs> right. Exactly. This is a this is quite a difficult thing. Um being radically honest when you feel like you've been victimized. Um, it's really hard to shift. Are you there? Yes. Adam? Oh, okay. I thought yes. I heard a thump. <laughs> um, yes. it's, it's, yes. it's very hard to shift out of how could you do this to me to this is what my part was. Even if, you know, I, I think that when you're thinking about what your part is, it doesn't have to be, as great a part as the other person played, but it, you have to have, you have to own your part. So in other words, like if you're, if, if someone is alienating you, I would imagine that uh, the part that she played in creating this scenario um, would be larger than the part you might've played in putting up with it. So can we, can we can we look at it that way or not? 
Well, yes, but all, if, if we do look at it that way, the key piece is, is to be larger than what she would projected, ultimately to move into a greater place of not playing small or playing victim or fighting the energy, but to move into a bigger field of energy that holds compassion, that holds mm-hmm. love, that's not attacking the other person, but that's holding a bigger capacity. And I stumbled and bundled through that journey through some from successes and failures of wanting to rise above. It's the classic cliche, rise above that energy. And ultimately, that is the journey to rise above and to see this from a lens of true forgiveness and to see this from a place of that where I'm not judging myself or condemning myself. I mean, the self-condemnation is such a part of the journey and that, you know, that doesn't serve anybody, right? But that's what we do. That's what the ego does. You miserable son of a bitch, you're no good. You're not worthy. You know, look how you, look what you're a failure as a, as a man, as a father, this is classic, classic movement of this ego separation of that ego mind. And that's the whole idea is we, in the moving through that as the problem and knowing that that is the problem, but within the problem of sep- that creates separation, the ego is the solution. The problem mm-hmm. is the solution. The problem is not, the solution is not out there. Oh, if I only had more money. Oh, if I only found another woman in my life. Oh, if my ex would stop alienating me. You know, those aren't solutions. Those are kind of phantasms of the mind that offers us quick little band-aids and fixes to kind of keep our separate world that we think is safe together but ultimately it does none of that and that's why the journey that I found through this genius process through looking at these wisdom and teachings through the ages that offer us a way into the problem not around that problem but right into it (laughs) right into the storm of that. Okay. Okay. And that offers us the place of our and the solution and the ability to choose again. Why not go to the source of a problem instead of wander around seeking and searching for a source endlessly when you can go right to the source and find the the in the decision point that allows us that choice point that allows us to choose again freely as you choose as you want to do it, not as some guru or anything else, but as, as if each of us wants to do so. That's the offering. That's the, that's the idea. That's really so important. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the way that I um, deal with the, the people who 
I feel have let me down or betrayed me or hurt me in my life. And, um, you know, and I learned to let go of the victim mentality and to look at, look at us as, um, we're souls and this is just what we're playing out here, you know? And, you know, even like with my parents, because my parents were the main source of my issue. Um, and I know in my heart of hearts that they were acting out a role for me. And I know that when I see them in spirit, they're going to be the most loving people, loving souls that all souls are loving, you know? So I, um, I sort of skip the point of of going through it and taking on a larger perspective of choice, which I think is really an important part of it. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, yes. You're 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 welcome and I really honor you for your journey uh and reflection with your your parents, Randy, because I think many of us we 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 avoid we work to avoid these kind of things uh seemingly because it, they're painful and for obvious reasons or they've been filed away or forgotten or hidden and uh but ultimately you know when we ask the question well why did i choose to be born to my parents that changes the whole what do you mean i was shy of a choice in being born to them the point yeah. of that the point of that is what am i to learn from the gift that they have offered us yes exactly yeah. exactly right? that's the only way to look at it in a healthy way what is the silver lining what is the gift that pain has offered because it does whenever we're challenged we learn oh, wow um <laughs> yeah i'm like okay so you said um i really like what you said last time you said i surrender to a power to a force greater than myself trust that it will lead me guide me to the next steps on my path where I am struggling to one of peace. I, I really like that. It's such a great prayer. I'm going to say it again so people can write it down if they want. I surrender to a power, to a force greater than myself. Trust that it will lead me, guide me to the next steps of my path where I am struggling to one of peace. Beautiful. I mean, I just, um, I captured that. Uh, do you think that that is an essential part of um, accessing our divine genius? Well, yes. Um, and it's, and, and just the acceptance that of, that of surrender. It's, 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 our, our Darwinian brains and operating systems of survival, uh, uh, it makes it very difficult to say, I surrender. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to let go of all of this that no longer serves me. And this is why 
we most often have to suffer to the breaking point, suffer ourselves literally to to death. Mm-hmm. And the idea here is we have free will in our body, in human form, of course, to choose again. And the greatest choice is initially, I'm going to choose to surrender. I do not know. I'm going to choose to let go to into the unknown, and I'm going to choose to make, to have trust that I will be guided and held and loved into a greater unfolding of who I am and why I'm here and what I am to do. And I will say this, if we do that, (laughs) you will receive the answer. 100% receive. And and that's a very, um, it's a very frightening thing. It's like free falling off of a cliff and trusting that, that the angel wings will catch you. You know, it's really, it can be very, very scary. But until we let it go, until we surrender the things that we're holding on to that are um, not benefiting us in our life, until we surrender and let go of those things, we can't build a new life. We can't build the life of our dreams. We have to let that go. And I know, you know, it feels like the floor drops out of you. It feels like the foundation crumbles under you. It's, um, it's, it's a huge leap of faith. And often we do get to the point where we are at the bottom. We are on our knees. We have nowhere else to go. We don't know what else to do. That we go, okay, you know, I've got to let it go. But it's, more, it's wonderful to know that before you get to that point. That's it. That's it, Randy. Is why wait to 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 a state of absolute breakdown? Why wait until you physically are, are ill? Why wait until you psychologically are desperate for a moment of peace, of solitude? Why wait for love when you can do it? today and this is this is why I've dedicated my life's work to offering that you don't have to wait you can do it right now and to offer a pathway a process way to look at that path steps right through this on your terms not on the terms of of somebody else or some other illness or some other disease and that is the invitation is to live in a in a live in a world live a life experience that's about living in life not about living life to die in a state of disease that's the invitation and it, and, and often we wait around, and then somehow it's too late. It's, it becomes too difficult. It's, I don't want to be pessimistic because it's never too, too late per se, 
but it only gets harder because if we think about it, if we're just sitting and if we're living, say, in a pathology of, of drinking or sugar or obesity, if we're just building up and building up and building up and holding in that all into this magnificent, beautiful thing we call the human body, then ultimately the journey becomes one that is almost and seemingly impossible to make it through. We're mm-hmm. stuck. We get, right. we get stuck and we stay stuck and we die. This is about liberation and sovereignty today. And that's, that's, what, that's what our conversation is about in so many ways and so much richness here today with you. Thank you. Yes. For, thank you for all of this and thank you for being you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm so glad that you came back. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about some people who may not really fully get this, thinking that rather than processing what has happened, although I think there is a process of what has happened, but um, that they, some people live in denial and they think that they have surpassed what has happened to them. And they feel as if they have surpassed it because denial can really block everything. If you, if you, live, you can live in denial and not feel anything. But this isn't really about not feeling. It's about feeling, right? Yeah. This is really about tuning, tuning very much into where those feelings are. And really looking at the deeper inner emotional state that is more, let's say, wild in its nature, but also in embracing ourselves for where we are in our feeling state, our, our, our emotional intelligence, you know, and, and really sensing into that. And, 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 it, and, it, and that can be anger. That could be despair. That could be elation. It, it's all of that. It's not a right or wrong. This is about really being in touch with those feelings because ultimately they can guide us into a deeper emotional trauma that's very much in our subconscious realm. And so I, I, those feelings are the invitation uh, and very much part of coming into a place of our heart and being in that place of 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 a deeper inner self love and self acceptance. So I, I I love that you brought that forth. And you know, as a man, I I you know struggled with being in touch with my feelings. Yes. They were alien. They were alien in nature. They were they were culturally depressed, not allowed. Yes. They, the, the, I grew up in a family that had its own sense of um, emotional alienation in its own way. So many of us, and I think most certainly the patriarchal, more traditional uh, systems that we have on the planet that got us in this mess, 
could do a lot better feeling and accepting our uh, uh, emotional condition um, in, in, uh, uh, in the collective overall. But most importantly, we're talking about each of us individually and mm-hmm. to really show up for, for ourselves that way. So, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes to all of it. So, yeah. um, so your book is Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. And, Adam, you, uh, uh, you do coaching, don't you? Do you still do that? I, I, I absolutely. I, I, I love working with people one-on-one. I just finished a, a summit called the Earthkeeper Summit, and we had 80,000 people that actually participated uh, in the summit. And I, I made a presentation there that's also available as a free master's class. Uh, it's a, I, I really love this master class. It's really about discovering your genius and how you can create impact in the world. But it's about really inner self-discovery. And I offer um, an exciting, a really cool exercise on, on kind of how to trick that ego mind and find this kind of these treasures and these gems of who, who you are. And that's on my website uh, under uh, at adamhall.solutions, adamhall.solutions. And you can just go to the master's class and get that. Um, and also my book is out. So uh, that offers yes. a lot of about the wisdom teachings as well. I, I also put, put out, since we spoke, I, I just had put out a book on abundance, on this uh, little book. It's a little handbook on creating abundance in your everyday life. And it, it's, a, it's a wonderful piece. It's, I'm hearing great feedback on that. So you can get those on Amazon. And but yeah, on my website I got tons of free things, just like a little book on abundance, a, a little ebook there, or the master's class. So I invite everybody to check out check out my work and and appreciate the support and really appreciate um, being on this this journey together on this amazing yeah. little ball that's spinning <laughs> through our Milky Way galaxy in the universe. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's incredible. All yeah. right, Adam. I'm so glad you came back. This has been an amazing conversation. I'm sort of in a spaced out place here. I don't know where I am, but um, yeah, I sort of I sort of like left uh, left my uh, left myself a little bit, uh, or not myself. I think. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel a little spacey, but that's good. It took me to a really good place. Anyway. Um, thank you, and have a wonderful day. It's it's so good to have had you back. Yeah, wonderful to be here. Thank you, Randy. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody. And let's let's ride this next wave upwards, onwards, and to our our return home again together. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. We will see you later. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 
Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.